America. Rick Adams is on. Yes, indeed. It's time to come on. Just a little sniffle here, ladies and gentlemen. It's raining again, as it always does here, where I am, and of course that makes me sneeze. We are on the air right now, Friday night, and we are rounding out this uh, this week's uh, programming of Uncensored Radio Free America, and it's good to once again uh, be at these microphones. And uh, we're uh, booking some interesting guests as uh, the next week uh, lines up and weeks ahead, and uh, God willing, we will bring you this uh, information as, uh, as our Heavenly Father will permit us to do so. Um, well, tonight we're going to be talking about some unheavenly things and some uh, rather satanic things that, uh, as you probably know, lurk in very high places. And high places means governments of the world. And uh, with me tonight is someone who is no stranger to these microphones on this network, I'm sure, a number of times. Uh, Dr. Monteith and, uh, of course, Greg's show and... Oh, so many shows. He is uh, Mr. Alan Watt, uh, cutting through the matrix. And do we have him yet, madam? I believe we're we have him right now on the lines. Hello there, Alan Watt. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? All right, thank you. It's first time with you, and uh, I can see this is going to be a very quick program tonight. Very quick two hours, because once we open up that Pandora's box, you know, time has a way of. Uh, getting away with itself. It, it is a fascinating subject, the subject of uh, uh, secret societies and uh, the history of uh, these societies. And uh, something, I guess, I don't know how long you've been doing this. For 30 years now. And uh, I was fascinated by it. Conspiracy. And others as well. Albert Pike and um, books about him uh, by Richard Osborne and others, you know. So uh, that's been my interest for a long time. And uh, maybe you could tell us how you got started in the subject matter and cutting through the matrix. I, I think really it was a matter of growing up uh -huh. in a time when there was big, so much big changes going on uh, in the music industry, entertainment um uh, culture, in other words, culture was being changed, mm -hmm. and uh, the new age was suddenly came out. It came out like a bombshell on the, the populations of Europe and America at the same time, mm -hmm. and it was rather obvious to see it was being promoted from the top, and that was the odd thing about this. Uh, I caught on rather early that culture doesn't just grow from the grassroots; it's actually promoted from the top down. Mm -hmm. And uh, as they changed society, uh, they actually put out the, 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 the people who change society by the books, the, 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 the issue uh, they publish by the television programs, interviews of famous people, and, uh, and the people emulate what they see. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sort of like, uh, you know, a supply creating more demand. Exactly. And, uh, uh -huh. <clears throat> that's yeah. the way it works in the... Uh, what we call the entertainment business, and uh, certainly they've been uh, they've been corrupting our nation for a long time, and uh, we'll get into that, and we will get into much more. Stay tuned. Thank you, Alan Watt, our guest tonight. Our number is eight hundred three one three nine four four three. Lots ahead. Rick Adams, Radio Avenger. Stay tuned.
Rick Adams is back. Live Uncensored Radio Free America continues on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Alrighty, we're back now with Cutting Through the Matrix with Alan Watt. And uh, that's a very interesting uh, basic uh, introduction, Alan, about uh, the uh, uh, top-down uh, mindset. You know, how far back to... Do you research the um, the business of uh, secret societies and uh, what they have been up to? Some of the more nefarious ones over the millennium. Uh, we've always had them. Uh, I see them because I think really at the top there's just really one. And uh, as far back as Plato, he was probably the first one to actually detail to an extent um, the aristocracy of ancient Greece to which he belonged, and he, 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 like most of them, had been trained and educated in Egypt uh, by the priesthoods. And it took 20 years to be initiated into the priesthood in, in Egypt. And um, he talked about a, a new future world, a perfect world state, mm-hmm. where everything would be run uh, to order uh, by the intellectuals and an intellectual elite, which he called, called the guardian class. Mm-hmm. And uh, down through history, we find the same thing being pushed. We, we see it with Francis Bacon's New Atlantis. Uh, Francis Bacon, of course, was a, a Rosicrucian, mm-hmm. um, as was Walter Raleigh and a whole bunch of them in the court of Queen Elizabeth I. Mm-hmm. And John Dee, another major player at the court, um, coined the term the British Empire. And he wanted a world system based upon the British government. Uh, with the same political uh, system mm-hmm. and based on free trade between the nations who joined. And those that did not join would be excluded and literally they, they wouldn't uh, export anything to those countries. Mm. Yeah, And that now, was in the 1500s. What about the... Um, this, this is, you know, we're thinking of West and the West in particular. But mm-hmm. what about uh, the Eastern uh, part of the world, the Orient? The Orient is fascinating because... I used to wonder why every major conqueror left uh, China alone. Um, Uh Even Napoleon said, let the sleeping um, dragon lie, leave leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And I wondered why he would say that unless he was told to leave it alone, because he went as far as Egypt himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's almost as though China were being set aside for a future use. Mm -hmm. And I think that really is what it was. I think it's a long and incredible long-term plan. Mm-hmm. And we see the function of China emerge now when it is the manufacturer for the whole planet, basically. Yeah, this was uh, something that uh, goes way back prior to World War II when uh, uh, mm-hmm. people like Mandel House and others working in the Wilson administration were plotting world wars and also how to uh, betray China with its massive population and set up Mao Zedong. These things, I believe, had been laid out way before they happened, and uh, there's no question there's a pattern. There's a, uh, yeah, a there's no, there's no doubt. There. Uh, uh, what's interesting about China is that Britain sent some of its top people over to China sure. in the 1920s to actually train them for communism, mm-hmm. and Lord Bertrand Russell, yes. who's a key player, was one of those guys who was sent over to teach in the universities mm-hmm. and to begin the, the, the whole start of communism. And the, and the uh, Fabians, the Fabian Socialist Movement. Yes. In mm-hmm. England as well, yes. Bertrand Russell. Uh, yeah. Many of these people that uh, we think of, you know, were uh, heavily involved in that um, business. Uh, now, of course, we 
we think of the circles of power and influence in the uh, secret societies, uh, Illuminism, and so forth, but um, <clears throat> most people have never, ever probably come close to the uh, inner circles, if you will. Yes. Do you agree with that? I, I think so, I, because the, um, the, they are a very elitist bunch. In Britain, uh, the top people were all members of the aristocracy, uh, and they also owned the media in Britain. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carl Quigley uh, documented that mm -hmm. in his book, The Anglo-American Establishment. Mm -hmm. He talked about how the, uh, um, the, the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, mm. which is the British branch of the CFR, yes. actually terrified the, the public of Britain for three or four years after making the decision to do so by using their own media and telling them they're going to get gassed at any time by Adolf Hitler. Yep. And uh, it was a sigh of relief that was breathed, really, when, when the war began, because the people were so terrified by their own people with funny the propaganda. Should, it's funny you should say that. I was just, uh, you know, looking at a film that I have, because I've been in the film business for a long time, and it was put out by the United States uh, Department of Defense, and it was basically prior to Homeland Security, but this was in 1942-43, and it dealt with that very subject. Rather corny now, but the title was What to Do in a Gas Attack. And uh, that was one of many propaganda films that were put out by the government and the uh, civilian defense departments uh, to try to whip up the people into fear uh, that, uh, you know, that Germany would strike and strike America. And this is well after. 43, when Germany was losing the war, and they still insisted on the propaganda because Stalin was benefiting tremendously from it. After all, he ran the whole show, you know, uh, the whole business of uh, unconditional uh, uh, surrender, as, as we like to say. That's what the Barnes Review has put it as, uh, unconditional surrender. And basically that's, that's what it was, surrender to communism and the new international elite uh, that would uh, supersede uh, the First World War, the Second World War. Now we're in the, the next stage of this new world order today. So uh, you're right. The, the, um, the uh, fears were real fears about gas attacks. Now it's nukes. Now we're yeah. all being made to fear Iran when Iran is a minor, minor, minor player, if at all. Yeah, yeah. it's been built up to be the new evil empire. Exactly. And, and even during Ronald Reagan's era, we had different evil empires, and Gaddafi was the bad guy then. Mm -hmm. But he's okay now because he likes ABBA, and he's becoming very trendy for the West. Not only that, but the oil is there, and of course that <laughs> means lucrative deals, doesn't it? It does. You know, and Winston Churchill, um, after World War I, uh, wrote about uh, a coming war eventually that would mm -hmm. take place uh, in Iraq. He mm -hmm. said because it was, there was so much oil there that yeah. they would just have to have it. That's right. And right. Uh, that was in the 1920s he wrote that book. Mm -hmm. yeah. Incredible. Now, you have done a, an amazing amount of work uh, on various subjects. I know you've been on uh, Coast to Coast and all these uh, other programs across the nation. Um, but uh, how well did you, uh, did you uh, know, uh, I don't know if you did it all, but people who wrote, uh, for instance, Anthony Sutton of the Hoover Institution. Did you ever get to meet him? No, I've read, I've read his books, though. And what I've seen so far um, can definitely be verified. Um, I do have a collection of books uh, from the, the, the Council on Foreign Relations and Royal Institute of International Affairs, 
Mm-hmm. I have their members' books from the 1930s onwards. Right. And in the 1938 meeting in, uh, uh, they held in Australia, uh, in that book, and all the politicians, the big boys from all the Western countries were there, including the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, they said there was going to be a coming war with Germany and that he must save Russia at all costs. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to a post-war scenario and even talked about building China up to be the main producer of the world manufacturer. Yep. And that was 1938. Yep, indeed. And Mao Zedong was a young man at the time, and they were already grooming him through their fronts in this country, like the Institute of Pacific Relations with spokesmen like Ed Morrow and people like that who were doing the bidding of the communist socialist elite, you see, in the media. So um, this this conspiracy is well documented now, and it's uh, well laid out, and it is far bigger, I would say, far bigger than any of us actually believed uh, when we were starting to research it, Alan. Yes. Yeah, I mean, initially when people go into this, they, they start to have a little bit of shock to realize mm-hmm. that, that just political events which they've noticed, major shifts they've noticed, um, are actually happening in their lifetime and they were written up about before that, that actual events occurred but then you go deeper and then you find out it's more than just the takeover of countries into a world system it's actually the reshaping of society and, and eventually humans themselves Yeah, uh, it's an ordered society they want to bring about uh, where no one will exist without a function to serve the system you won't be born otherwise mm-hmm. And and they do talk, uh, well, I know the, the Loyola University had a couple of world meetings of scientists, mm-hmm. and they talked about chipping the brain, and it's all ready to go. Yep, yep. And it has been tried and tested. They said there's regional computers which will basically program every individual to do certain employment. And there'll be no more, there's no more thing. As, see, the, the big thing is individualism. This is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the bulk of the population are easy to predict. But it's the individuals in society that give them problems because they're unpredictable. And they want everyone in a totalitarian system to be predictable. So they have to basically eliminate that possibility that you as an individual can do any act or even say anything, uh, which might cause upsets or ripple effects. So in their perfect system, there will be no such thing as individuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, 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 The scientists from Tokyo who was at the Loyola meeting, said um, this will be the end of individuality as we know it. Huxley's Brave New World, huh? Yeah, he said it will be more like the beehive. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear the whispers of thoughts being transmitted to those around you, um, just like Star Trek, basically, the Borg. Yeah, this is uh, fascinating. You know, a few years ago, uh, people would dismiss this as uh, science fiction hokum-pokum, but now... The evidence is out there, the technology is there, the chips are there. All of this is a reality that can no longer be swept under the rug or dismissed as some sort of fancy of conspiracy theorists. It's now conspiracy fact, and it's being done in the open. So it's not even a conspiracy because it's planned and it's uh, boasted about uh, by people like the Verichip people and others. All right, we'll be back. Stay where you are, Alan. Alan Watt. Cutting through the matrix. We'll take calls in a few moments. I'm Rick Adams. Stay tuned for more. Don't feel like the Lone Ranger. You've 
got the Radio Avenger on your side. Hey, Rick Adams on. Hey, turn your horse radio on. Rick Adams on. Okay, we are back with Alan Watt, our guest. Uh, cutting Through the Matrix is, uh, of course, the website also, isn't it, Alan? Yes, it is, uh-huh. How can they do that? Just www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com? Is that... That's it, uh uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, you are uh, from England originally, I guess. Is that yeah, right? Scotland, yeah. Scotland, okay. Now, uh, speaking of England and Scotland, uh, one of the things on your website that is absolutely uh, interesting and fascinating is this business of uh, Norwich and the uh, cadmium spraying that has been going on there. Yes. Will you tell us about that? Well, the British government has, uh, always 50 years or so after the fact, they declassify documentation from the Ministry of Defense, and they've admitted to uh, spraying uh, Norwich in England with uh, vast quantities of cadmium spray Mm -hmm. uh, from aerial spraying and from shipping at sea, Mm -hmm. and let the wind blow it in. And then they monitored the health of the people down through the years to, to see what happened to them. And uh, I never told them, of course. They knew what was happening to them. And, of course, the doctors would know, too, that something really was going on because it had the highest incidence of esophageal cancers Mm -hmm. and various lung cancers in the the country, basically. Well, they couldn't blame al-Qaeda then, though, could they? No. You see, (laughs) I've always said you don't need to worry about an enemy anywhere else when your own government does this on, on you. And every country's had the same thing going on here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the uh, the premise there in the film uh, V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Not yet, no. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And uh, the government was doing exactly that in England, uh, experimenting on people and uh, blaming the Muslims and the radicals and so forth. You know, yeah. uh, and it works. Unfortunately, it works too often when yes. people are brainwashed and conditioned and. Up till now, it's been a, just a pure psychological uh, thing, and now we have the chemicals, we have the implants, uh, we have the uh, you know the RFIDs and all of this that can be used to to actually uh, actually change the whole uh, function of someone through the brain. This is amazing that all of this is happening in this day and age, and yet there are people, of course, not even willing to listen to it because they they either think it's too far fetched or they just are frightened by the thought of it. What can we do about it? How can yeah. we beat the system? And you're asked that question all the time. All the time, yeah. And what's your response to Well, that? I've noticed that every time a group starts up, um, a genuine group not funded by the other side, uh, a true grassroots group, it won't get funding. Um, it will be taken over so quickly you'll hardly notice it. It's, so, it's like a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it takes you off in the other direction. And so what you're left with is you're back to the individual again. It's mm-hmm. up to the individuals across the countries to say no to, to everything that's coming down mm-hmm. on a daily basis to all the things that are happening to you as an individual. You have to take that right back mm-hmm. uh, and, and just say, no, I'm not going along with this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, telling the people, local uh, politicians, everyone, that you know what they're up to. You know what their agenda is, because uh, that's what we have to tell them. Otherwise, there's no complaints department here. We haven't been given one. We're being sprayed from the skies on a daily basis, 
And uh, this area here was hit a few weeks ago with a yellow spray. Which area is that now? Uh, this is up near Sudbury, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And every, mm -hmm. just after two hours of rain, every puddle had a three-inch yellow band around it. Mm. And uh, yeah, you, it's like cadmium, too, because you get two colors in cadmium, but it's usually yellow. So they're doing all this stuff uh, here, too. Right, now, you say they're doing it now. When you approach the government and you ask them what's going on, what do they tell you? Well, I know Don Scott up in uh, at Sudbury. Uh -huh. He's been on quite a few radio shows. Yep. And he got his uh, federal politician, Martel, to mm -hmm. ask the question in Parliament, uh, the federal government here. And she asked why they were being sprayed like bugs every day. Mm -hmm. And the Department of Defense, the minister, stood up and says, we don't have to answer any of your questions. Well, that sounds like uh, admitted guilt right there. Well, that's that's what they call democracy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Iraqis now are getting a little sample of it Same under thing. George Bush. Yeah, and mm -hmm. they're being sprayed and poisoned and killed and shot and yeah. so forth. And that's uh, that's uh, freedom. That's uh, Wilsonian democracy, right? That's pretty well it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, uh, one of the other things before the break coming up and before we get into phone calls. Uh, you had gone through the history, you know, from the years of uh, Colonel House and the w Wilson administration to, I guess, his counterpart in the uh, 70s, the Bigniew Brzezinski, would probably be that man again. I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah. And uh, Brzezinski, remember, was one of the guys that Jimmy Carter said on the campaign trail for president that if you ever see a man like him or Cyrus Vance in my new administration, you will know that I have failed the American public. And guess what he did? Cyrus Vance, as Secretary of State, and the big brother as National Security. So you see, it proved what Jimmy Carter was saying. He mm -hmm. failed the American public. He was a pawn, and he was nothing more than a, a little footstool for the powerful elite. Yeah. Just as we had been saying at the time. So that proves it. All right. Let's have uh, people call in now with questions and comments about uh, the subject matter. 800 313 9443. Toll free, uncensored radio, free America. I'm Rick Adams, Radio Avenger, the Paul Revere of Talk Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Alan Watt. Speaking with uh, Alan Watt, uh, of course, uh, cutting through the matrix.com, and I, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface. I, I would prefer to uh, defer to our listeners and callers, and we, we certainly have a good number of them. And let's do that, Alan. If you're ready, we'll go to the phones. Okay, 800 313 9443. Questions, comments, um, Alan will give you his answer, and we'll do that starting right now. Uh, Arnie in Virginia, I believe. Hello, Arnie. You have a question? Uh, it's, it's actually Ernie in Virginia. Oh, Ernie, okay. Yes. First, oh, I'd, right. like, I'd, I'd like to make a comment and then ask the question of your guest, Mr. Surely, Watt. Surely, surely. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, I watch in Virginia. We've had a lot of chemtrails ourselves. We see uh, a lot of things happening very fast. The su recent Supreme Court decision with public employees losing their rights to report wrongdoing, the attack on whistleblowers. Mm -hmm. We read about the increased wiretapping, uh, the the move uh, uh, from uh, at NSA for General Hayden to move over to the CIA, and the potential mm -hmm. for increased wiretapping and 
uh, gathering phone records and creating data mining or doing data mining on people, where they go, where they travel. It's almost as if the citizens of the country, of the world, have become the terrorists. They, they attack us more than they attack the illegal immigrants, and we have illegal immigrants uh, problem in the U.S. We have it in, uh, in Europe. We have it everywhere. Now, when you see all this going and the fear and the increased terror and the propaganda day in and day out, you have to wonder what is really going on. And, and when I see, and I'm leading up to the question, when I see a gentleman who is the, like the chairman or the leader of Homeland Security who reminds me of that Russian by the name of Rasputin mm. who, who comes on and he, he does nothing to secure the borders and they play this game, oh, we're going we're gonna to have amnesty reform, we're going to control the borders. A bunch of BS. They're trying to create this new North American Union, but in my in the in my uh, in my thought process, I keep thinking about these FEMA camps, and I saw these sole source contracts being awarded to Halliburton recently. So when will FEMA start rounding up the so-called dissidents or the individuals? When is that to take place? What is the expected timeline in your view? Okay, Alan. Well, I know they want the completion of of the, the union by 2010. Mm -hmm. That's the whole of the Americas, including the Caribbean countries as well. They're signed into it too. And so, um, I think in the meantime, they've got to terrorize us so much. I think this bird flu will be the ideal uh, reality or non-reality to get us motivated. They want to kill a lot of birds with one stone. They want to move the people off of the rural areas mm -hmm. into the, the new habitat areas, uh, as the UN has planned out. And, and they want to start the whole new way of living and a whole new society uh, under, the, under the, the microscope, basically, by the year 2012. Um, so by 2010, they did want the union to take place. It was done. It was signed in 2005 in March, the 27th, I think it was. And all the president and the prime ministers yes. uh, all signed that agreement for the unification of the Americas. Yes, that's right. So, and that uh, has received almost no attention in the so-called mainstream press. Now, here in Canada, it was interesting because uh, for the first time, the CFR had a news blurb all to themselves as the CFR. Mm -hmm. Generally, it's just spokesmen that come on once in a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, the CFR, they were in a CFR room, and they, say, they said they had drafted up the plans for the unification of the Americas, and it was time for, for, for the countries to act upon it and implement them. And sure enough, a month later, uh, we had the Prime Minister of Canada, Canada and Fox of Mexico and Bush sign it at the Waco uh, meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's all officially done, basically. Oh, it's all officially done, but uh, we also read Agenda 21, and the UN uh, wants to reduce the world population. Yeah. By some are saying 80 to 90 percent. Uh -huh. uh, so if we're going to take out 80 to 90 percent and we want to remove all the individuals, what will we have left on the planet? Uh, they'll, they'll have just enough stock, breeding stock, to, to work for them or clone them, because they can clone people. They can do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in fact, a new perfect worker will be the, uh, a creative type, created by man. Okay. And that's for the near future. But in the meantime, yeah, you're right, we want to drastically eradicate the old man to bring in the new. 
And uh, I think uh, the other real disease or the threat of it will initially get us off the land into the habitat areas, and that's where the diseases will break out, and then you're easily contained within. Uh, under the, NAS, the, the, the um, uh, North Atlantic Trade Agreement, uh, the NATO Act, all NATO countries that signed on to that um, are supposed to give the citizenry booklets on what to do uh, in case of emergency. And in Man Alive program in Britain, they did get a hold of a copy. It's supposed to be available, but it wasn't. Half of it was blacked out, in fact. But they did say that the populations, if there's a, an outbreak or contamination in a, a town or a city, that they stay where they are. If they try and break free, the military have to shoot them down. If whole groups break free, they have to be bombed from the air with CS gas. Mm -hmm. That's official, official NATO doctrine policy. Incredible, huh? Oh, it yeah. is very, it's very incredible, but will they be targeting certain groups first, like the old and the, uh, the handicapped? Uh, I've I read in uh, some articles in Canada about this C. diff or C. difficile, uh, real strong uh, a bacterium that has caused, I think, up to 30,000 deaths last year in Canada. Mm -hmm. And CDC has reported uh, over 20,000 deaths in the U.S. last year. And I've read uh, 200,000 cases of C. diff in this country. So, so we're starting to see these strains of disease that we can't control, but then we got the open borders and we don't have any checks on the, uh, the, the illegals who are coming into the country. So it, we've, is this the conspiracy or is, are they going to do it with the pandemic, with the bird flu? What? All, all of this, all, all of it, in fact, as far as they're concerned, there are no borders right now. It's just for us to keep paying taxes while we we pay for the last parts of the implementation of this, uh, and uh, they need America uh, at least to finish off the wars in the Middle East to standardize those countries into the same system. But, yes, but, but yeah, they're going to use all of these techniques. Uh, in the global system, everyone will be tracked. Okay. Uh, and that's why they, they won't Okay, one the, more question, uh, one, Ernie. Okay, this will be my last one, because I sure. want to get to who's really driving it. Who is the powers to be? Is it the international bankers? Is it the Rothschild family? Who is the, or is it the reptilians? What group is pulling the president's strengths? Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are really above that uh, are, are not really workers. In the high secret society, uh, they have what they call the lazy boy, the, the one who does no work. Mm -hmm. Down below him, they have the movers and shakers who move behind the scenes. Um, Carl quickly documented it in his book, uh, uh, The Anglo-American Establishment and Tragedy and Hope. He talks about the people who, like the Maury Strongs, these, these workers, they work behind the scenes. They're not in the public uh, spotlight. Um, they, they don't get the, the applause from the public, but they actually have more power than the front men who take the heat, the politicians. Got it. So, so it's the people behind the scenes yeah. um, uh, who, who are always. I mean, even even uh, Kissinger today wields far more power than, than our president. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Ernie. Good and questions. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, you know, you can see that uh, evident, and you know, when George Bush tried to get Henry Kissinger to chair the 9/11 Commission, that was that was about as blatant as you could get, Alan. Yes. It was just in your face. I mean, someone with all that baggage. Someone with that horrible reputation put him in charge of an honest inquiry, allegedly, into 9-11. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that, that raised my antennae immediately. Yes. And I said, there's something wrong with this picture. And 
Then he turns around and picks the former governor of uh, of New Jersey, Kane, who is almost as bad as Henry Kissinger. Yeah. But he didn't have all the baggage. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to ram him through, and all of the Lee Hamiltons and Jamie Gorelix and the rest of them on that uh, commission, which uh, basically all had conflicts of interest. So we knew it was a it was a put up. It was a, it was a hoax. It was anything but an honest inquiry. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, Henry Kissinger still still muckraking. And you heard the other day what Kissinger admitted about uh, the Viet Cong. Mm -hmm. And you remember what was said? He could live, and we could live comfortably, with a total takeover, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. And the Holocaust that ensued. Yeah. The Cambodians, mm -hmm. the Laotians, the Vietnamese. We could live quite comfortably with that. That's no problem to kill those people. And th th that's amazing. Amazing that they're really out, you know, nobody blinked an eye. Nobody batted an eyelash. Mm -hmm. it, it's, I mean, it's almost like, oh, oh, well, we just reported it, so what? We'll go on with our daily business now. Yeah, and Kissinger's the same man uh, that Woodward and Bernstein reported in their book, The Last Days, when the, the press were asking Kissinger about the troops, the American troops. He said the troops are just dumb, stupid cattle to be used for foreign policy. <laughs> hey, he was honest. At he that was point. honest. You yep, he was honest. This. And yep. that's the tragedy is that, you know, no matter how many wars we go through, and, you know, the, the First World War ended all wars, right, as you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, how many times world wars and continued brush fire wars all over the world, and yet, despite that fact, to anyone with a functioning mind, that this is a lot of nonsense and it is totally unnecessary. We'll still kiss Johnny goodbye and Jane goodbye and send them off to battle, fighting for these criminals. It is amazing. But you see, that's what they count on. And they knew it when, when, uh, when FDR's man there came out and said, Harry Hopkins, people are too damn dumb to understand. He meant it. He knew what he was talking about. So, I mean, they're rather bold at times about things. You well, know? they have archives of history. They know, on the hu they know human nature. Exactly. And, and they've studied tribalism, basic tribalism. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. use tribal uh, uh, nature, and they manipulate and exploit tribal nature. Right. And, and they, so they know when, when the, a country is threatened, the women will, will give up everything for security if need be. Yeah, exactly. And they also know that, that uh, yeah. the males will rush off and fight whoever they're told is the actual enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the young males at 18 don't know a thing. They really don't. They're, they're pretty dumb and stupid at 18. I was there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, of course, it never dawns on them they're being uh, used for a, a far-reaching foreign policy, which has very little to do with the initial action. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. nothing to do with defending American interests. Absolutely no. not. All right, Tom in Ohio, you are on the program with Alan Watts. Hello. Yeah, Alan. Hello. Where are you from? I'm from Scotland. Scotland. Uh, I've been out talking to people about this military draft, the 4752. Did I get that right? HR 4752. Yeah. And about 93% mm -hmm. are in favor of it. This is my own poll I've taken. I've talked to quite a few people. And uh, some are, let's see, what are the, about 5% are, uh, could care less one way or the other. And uh, there's very few against it. Let me uh -huh. ask you this now. The people you talked to, what was their age demographic? <clears throat> oh, 20 to 40s. 
So you talk to a lot of younger people? Yes. And you're telling me the people you've talked to are in favor of a draft? Yes. And did they say why? No, they just said they thought it was a good thing. And that's it? They like, like the guy said, uh, they don't know what they're talking They don't know what they're doing. I mean, at that age, uh -huh. they really don't know. Uh, it, it, it's really scary. The guys that have been in the military before said that they jumped up and now, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'll go back in there. I'll go, I'll go over there again. Yeah, you know, that, that's, you know, guys 40, 42 years old. They, they're jumping up and down to go back. I, I, I just can't. It's scary out there. It is absolutely horrifying out there. Mm -hmm. One one couple I talked to, the only thing they were interested in was taking my picture with their their cell phone. I don't know if they're recording me on it or not. Can any of those cell phones record? Mm -hmm. All of it. Huh? They 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 can photograph you and uh, they can film you as well, yeah. video you. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, digitally. Well, one That's couple right. did that, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I was just merely telling them about that, and they walked away. You know, it's like you're on candid camera there, Tom. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> he who beats his sword into a plowshare will plow for him who did not. That's true. That's right from the scriptures. There you go. All right, did you have another question before we move along? Yeah, you got the winning numbers? Uh-huh. <laughs> Alan? That way I'd have the money to go to another country, maybe. Alan, do you have the combo? Well, I, don't, I don't have that combination, but, uh, <laughs> but but he's quite right in what he's saying. See, the yeah. Pentagon have, has admitted they gave yeah. millions of dollars to Hollywood mm -hmm. uh, to put out all of these recent uh, war movies right. to try and attract the young guys in. Yeah. And, of course, in these movies, the young guys are always, they never get shot. All the, all the bad guys get shot because they can't aim straight, you know. Well, thank you, Alan, and... Uh and uh, for being there, and I think you've really, you've really got it together. Appreciate it, Tom. Thank you. But, you know, this was done before in a different time mm -hmm. with the use of uh, mass media, motion pictures, television. Yeah. Uh, in World War II, the propaganda was so heavy. Yeah. Um, all the studios had to come up and obey the government and produced uh, cartoons and produced uh, uh, dramas. They produced, uh, you know, the so-called newsreel of... Uh, killer newsreels, you know, emotionally charged and so forth, propaganda yeah. films. All of this was all part of a movement, and there was there was no Defense Department then. It was the War Department, you mm -hmm. see? And then after World War II, they changed that whole philosophy, went from the War Department to the Defense Department, and, um, well, you know the story about James Forrestal and how he just happened to jump out of the... Uh, what was it, the 14th floor out of Bethesda? Yes, a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course he, he was one of those whistleblowers, early whistleblowers then. But in any event, uh, you know, what we see now and what we're seeing then is the same pattern over and over. You go with what works. As the scripture says, there's nothing new under the sun. Yes, indeed. Let us uh, see if we can take a quick call before we move on uh, to a break. John in Florida. Hi, you're on the program with Alan. Uh, good evening, Alan, and thank you for another good show, sir. Thank you. Uh, Alan, uh, five weeks ago, or give or take a week, you were on Coast to Coast with uh, George Norrie, mm -hmm. and you spoke uh, briefly about the special drawing rights card, which will be a card which will be given to people later on, and I say later on, maybe five years, four years from now, where things would be rationed off of that card. Could you please explain to, to myself and to our audience tonight more about that, and is that information found on your website? Uh, yeah, some of it is there. Um, Lord Bertrand Russell, who was a big player in, in formatting uh, the time we're coming into now, 
uh, and he he was a British lord. He worked for the big boys. Um, he talked about a time when money would be phased out as such, and uh, the public ultimately would be given rations at the beginning of every week. Going to take a break, John. Do you want to hang on the line? I, I sure okay, do. Okay, stay where you are. Alan Watt will be right back. Cutting through the matrix dot com. I'm Rick Adams. Stay tuned. Hitting them pretty hard and knocking them right out of the park. Rick Adams is on, right on, on base, on point, on rbnlive.com. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. We're back again, and uh, we're talking about the trysts now between the bushes and the, and the Condoleezza Rices, you see, or one of them, anyway. All right, we're back now. We're talking off here, but we're back with John in Florida and Alan Watt. And, John, what was your next question to Alan? Um, well, the next question ties into the, um, not just to the dollar and to the new Amero dollar, but to the, can you hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm it's, trying, yep. Go okay, ahead. it's to the computerization of, of the data mining that's going on right now and how in the future are people going to be, how will it be determined at what point special drawing rights are given to the card, how much of that credit will people be given by whom? Well, ultimately, you see, money is a key. It's not an end. It's a means to an end by the big boys. They understand this. We're trained basically like rats in a, in a lab uh, to pull little levers and earn our seed. It's the same technique, and we work for money. We don't work for what we think is food and so on. We get the money first. And, and it's a transfer of the, of the psychology of money and how we perceive it into credits, which everyone will get the same credit ultimately at the beginning of a week. And at the end of the week, if you haven't used it up, come Monday again, you'll, you'll start off with the same amount. Just to be for, for the people down below, the bulk of the populace, um, there's going to be no reward system as such, just your basics to pay your, your rent. Because in the new society... And the habitat areas the UN uh, are talking about, and it's on the UN website, there will be no uh, private property allowed and no private vehicles. You'll be rental only, so you'll have enough credits to buy your food and pay your rent, and, and at the, the beginning of the next week, uh, it starts off at the same figure again. That's the society they're going into. Okay. Can I ask one more question, Rick? Yes, you're good. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Um, a couple months ago, a man by the name of Mr. Diebold uh, passed on, and he was a visionary. He started working with the banks and IBM and uh, different uh, communications industries back in the mm -hmm. 60, 61, whatever. Motor um, machines and so forth. Of yeah. course. Uh, Alan, did, have you come across anything on his life, uh, how he got his niche started or who sponsored him for him to become at that pivotal point in the history of our country that obviously ran into the controlling of our elections a long time ago? I haven't got any connection there, but there will be one, because I've always found that these fellows are picked very young and actually trained for their role in life. Right. Uh, privately taught as well, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for answering my question. You're very welcome. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this uh, scenario, when you think about it, just look around you and listen to the daily 
distorts, I call them, not reports, but uh, they are fanning the flames of just about every conceivable fear that you can imagine. You mentioned the pandemic of a bird flu. You mentioned uh, 9-11-2, Al-Qaeda. Then they're talking about hurricane season. Then they're talking about uh, this disease, that disease. Uh, You know, on and on and on it goes. So they keep the public perpetually bombarded with these messages of fear. And many of them will become reality, not that they're just made up, but they will indeed. We know that the flu virus now has been bioengineered. There's no question about it that the government is in control here, just as there were uh, elements of weather modification and weather control going back to the 1960s and 70s being used. So this is not old news, I mean, or new news. This is is laid bare before us, and uh, we're going to see... Um, just through the process of attrition, people dying off, I think, from disease, people dying off because they can't afford to eat, that will come. That will come. Stay tuned. Hour number two will come, too. Alan Watt, my guest. I'm Rick Adams. We'll be right back with more calls.